The following podcast has been pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Welcome everyone to episode 121 of Mexi Mind Matters, and we have many things to discuss today. We might go over uh, the regular 20-30 minutes, uh, just because we got a lot of things to cover, all revolving around um, the main event, uh, state number 39, Mexi crossed that off, and then there were 11. Yes, Mexi finally completed Maine and crossed it off the list. It was long overdue. I tried doing it last year. Didn't pan out. I tried doing it in May, but New England storms prevented me from driving to waste time. So, it had to be it had to be the main marathon in Portland, Maine. The one to do to get Maine off the list, off the list, or cross it off, chalk it up. Um, ironically, Portland has back-to-back marathons because I believe the next weekend it is the official Portland marathon. Kind of confusing, but okay. Um, well, I mean, not confusing, but um, I don't know why cities have back-to-back marathons, but all right. Anywho, uh, as you may recall, Mexi was going to drive to Akron to work all day Friday before the race so that he could cut out two hours of drive time and then drive 11 hours uh, to Maine. The plan was to stay either with Nicole in Hartford or with my uh, cousin in Trumbull, Connecticut, um, and see if I can make it that far. It would have been about eight hours, nine hours uh, driving straight. But due to an Akron accident and weather conditions, it was kind of raining. And I'd gone to bed early. And woken up early just to be able to drive from Columbus to Akron to work there. 
So I was getting tired around 11 o'clock. So I decided to just crash at a rest area. I brought my pillow and blanket because I figured at night in the car it would be, you know, the weather is in the 40s, so it would be kind of cold. Um, just in case. And yeah, it panned out. Now, of course, well, Mexi, why didn't you pay for a hotel? I'm not wasting 50 minimum middle nowhere Pennsylvania in some shitty hotel just to get six hours, seven hours sleep. No. I stopped at around 11, 11.30, and I woke up at 6.30. I got a decent seven hours sleep in the car. I'm smaller, so I wasn't too cramped. Uh, and then continue driving on and, you know, rested. Well, okay. And I was messaging Nicole the whole time because the, the path that my GPS was taking me to get to Maine was actually not going through. I mean, I could have chosen to go, uh, 80 all the way across to 287 and trying to take 95 up which would have been closer, closer to Trumbull. But that is not always the fastest way, especially with traffic around New York City. So it was trying to take me 80 to 81 to 84, go across the top of the Poconos and uh, go straight through Hartford and go up that way. Well, um, so I had mentioned to Nicole, hey, uh, way to leave Ohio without you know, saying bye, and hey, I'll be heading up to Maine, I would like to see you, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, oh yeah, sure, and then I kept reminding her, and then as I am driving there, so I am literally about 180 miles away from Hartford, Connecticut, she's like, oh, I'm not even in the state, I am in Rhode Island visiting family, I'm like, what, yeah, I thought you were just blowing smoke up my ass, um, okay, I never joke about seeing people I know and visiting. Um, I also reminded you multiple times, so I don't see where you got the idea that I was joking. I'm pretty sure my messages did not have LOL at the end of them. Um, so, okay, great. Uh, I guess I will drive straight to Boston and then go up to Maine. And, and that's... I'm going to do a little sidebar here. I don't know why... Because I'm... I'm a knowledgeable person, okay? I know a lot of things. And everybody usually comes to me for advice... Or uses me as a, their counselor. But yet, when I tell people to do things... They never listen. It's the story of my life. Like, I, I tell you something's going to happen... Or this is what you should do. You don't listen. And then it happens. And nobody ever says, oh, Mexi, you were right. They just know I was right, but they don't say anything. It's at least 99.9% of the time that nobody mentions that, oh, yeah, I was right. It's like the podcast we did about my ex, Jenny, and how the dude she cheated on me with uh, back in 2006 used her for a green card. Did I get a, you were right, Mexi? Sort of, but still. 11 years later, guess what? I was right. Well, I mean, it would have happened right then and there a couple of years later. But I found out 11 years after that fact. 
point being, I am most of the time right. And I am very blunt. I tell things like they are. And I've never joked about seeing people. So why would people always assume that I'm joking when I'm not? I don't I don't get it. I don't get why people think I joke. I know I talk a lot of shit. And sometimes I come across as cocky and arrogant, but here's the, here's the thing that I've mentioned multiple times. It is not being cocky if I say I'm going to do something and then I do it. And it's true. I joke. I'm a hilarious person. Most people would agree I should have my own stand-up comedy show. But that does not mean that when I say, hey, I'm going to see you, I'm going to Maine, you're on the way, and I repeat it multiple times, you assume I am joking. But whatever. So, 180 miles outside of Connecticut, I said, well, it's kind of too early and a little bit late to um, crash on my cousin. Uh, so I'll just drive straight through. And I could have seen Michelle in Boston, but she had not responded to my messages from the last week or so. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to stop by and see her, whatever. Uh, I just went straight to Maine. Uh, got a decent hotel, very nice, uh, about to- uh, 30 miles from Portland. But I went straight to Portland first to pick up the packet, and then I was going to go crash at the hotel. Kind of rest my legs. Now I've driven to Boston a few times, and it always baffles me how as soon as you get into... Now, mind you, uh, Massachusetts is one of those states where the exit numbers don't match the mile markers. And I hadn't realized, you know, crossing New York, uh, top of, of New York uh, on 84, New York does the same thing too. Huh. I, I didn't realize that. They had 19 exits for 66 miles. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Connecticut, I can't remember exactly if they did it too. I wasn't really paying attention. Connecticut, and here's the thing with Connecticut, it's like people in Connecticut don't know how to drive. Not in the sense that, oh, they're idiots and they don't know where they're going. No, they, they, they don't like to take risks. They do everything by the book. The speed limit is 55, yet everybody drives 75. But yet, they like to create traffic when there's no traffic. And, and going up 95, it's the same way all the way across. There's like parts of the freeway where you you have to slow down because it seems like oh there's traffic you know maybe you know an event around something something's happening around the area like some kind of event or oh there's a car crash and sometimes there is but most often than not it's just people slow down and and you know go bumper to bumper for no reason whatsoever and then it dissipates and I'm like what the fuck who does that and I've noticed that it's very predominant in the kinetic area. It's like, I don't understand. And having driven in New York, having driven in Boston, I kind of gotten used to like cutting in and out. And I keep having to do that every time I go through Connecticut because 
they like to create traffic for no reason. I don't know why. Um, and I've gotten used to uh, not listening to my GPS because my GPS will tell me something stupid. Like, no, that's not the fastest way. And then I like to avoid tolls, so I cut across parallel highways. On the way there, I took 20 to go parallel 90 because apparently 90, once you get to Massachusetts, I forgot that that's a toll road. It's a Massachusetts turnpike. So I cut across uh, 20 to 290 and then just went up, then 495 to go around Boston. You can't really see Boston from 495, but oh well. Wasn't going to stop by anyways. Uh, I was able to get a Boston Starbucks mug that I forgot to get the last time. Anywho. Uh, well, we'll see if we uh, give that to Queenie or save it for a later gift for someone else. Anywho. Um, what I was going to say about Massachusetts is I, I don't understand why. They're, I'm pretty sure they're the only state because I haven't noticed any other state doing that. They put, like, when, when the on-ramp and the off-ramp at an exit, where they would when you go past them, there's like a sign. So you're on the freeway, and then the on-ramp to to merge onto the freeway has a sign right at the corner that says no turns. And it always confuses me because I, I I'm like, is that intended for the people on the freeway, as in like don't turn right to go down the on-ramp? Opposite traffic, or is that intended for the guys taking the on-ramp not to turn left and go opposite direction on the freeway? Either way, it is kind of stupid because it is understood. The people on the on-ramp merge onto the freeway. The people from the freeway already took the off-ramp to, to get off at the exit. There's no reason to turn right or left depending on which side the exit's on. It's just... I'm like, are people from Massachusetts that dumb that they, they've done that? I don't know. Um, I have seen some pretty bad wrecks in the Boston area. Anyways. So, um, we get the main. And I forgot that there's a little tiny bit of New Hampshire that you have to cross once you go past Boston on 95. Um... To get to Maine. Now, 95 from the top of New York to well, New York City, all the way through Boston, has no tolls. Oh, but the moment you hit New Hampshire, oh, toll road. Like, are you kidding me? Now, New Hampshire did the same thing for... I forget what highway it was that had tolls when I went to do the Manchester City Marathon last year. Uh, but 93 did not have a toll, if I remember correctly, uh, heading to Vermont. But regardless, New Hampshire is not a state people love to go to. I mean, I've done, it's in my way, so I have to go there. I had to do Manchester because I need to do 50 states. But aside from that, um, I don't have any desire to go to New Hampshire. So why the fuck are you tolling me? Mind you, it's two bucks or $1.50. But still, just to go through 
and get to Maine. Now, mind you, I could have taken number, uh, Route 1 parallel, which I did uh, on the way back once I got my packet. Because I really didn't want to pay tolls three, four times going back and forth. But anyways, um, it was too late by the time I realized that it had a toll, so I paid, whatever. Then to get to Maine, you go across the bridge, you're into Maine. This way to all main points. <laughs> Fucking. Mind you, for it being called Maine, they they do like to use their name in a bunch of uh, catchphrases up there and stores and stuff. Like, they had a mall called the Maine Mall. Uh, they had a shop called Remember the Maine. I'm like, okay, kind of funny, but all right. Julie noted your name. You're called Maine. Let's calm down. You get the Maine. Oh, tolls. There was like two tolls on 95. One at the beginning, and then one once you got off to take 295 into Portland. Like for a combined of four bucks. Um, yeah, my hotel was a little bit down off of Kennebunk, which is where the shipyard marathon was going to happen. I don't know where, but that's apparently where it was going to happen. Because um, it looks tiny. I drove through it, coming back from Packet Pickup. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going paying four bucks there, four bucks back, and then four bucks the next morning. So, and then to leave four more bucks. I am not paying $16 to Maine. It's Maine. Let's come the fuck down. It's even worse than New Hampshire. The only difference is Maine has like the one freeway, 95, that's it. Everything else, it'll take you longer to get there. So you kind of have to pay. But one runs parallel, so I took that on the way back. Um, so I got there. Portland is tiny. Uh, not many, and then no tall buildings whatsoever. Kind of reminds me of Anchorage. Um, like that kind of feel to it. I mean, I could see myself possibly living there for a little bit. But it was I mean, unless I got forced, I would not voluntarily move there. Kind of made me feel like Anchorage, only on the other side. Um, interesting how the points of the U.S., you know, all the way west in Alaska and all the way east in uh, Maine kind of have the same feel. Weather-wise, the same thing, about 60s. No big deal. Um... But uh, I got to the University of Southern Maine and their campus, Solomon Hall. I uh, picked up my packet. And it was, you know, a little bit small for a packet pickup. Not too impressed. And basically, um, I decided, yeah, I'm not going to spend more time here. Then I have to, so I'm going to go and take Route 1. Oh, get some Olive Garden so I can carve up. Go to Route 1 and then just check into the hotel. Oh, and maybe stop by the beach, which is what I did. Hung out at the beach. Some kid was yelling at me, don't use your cell phone, as I was driving past him. I'm like, dude, you're on your bike, and I'm taking pictures. I'm not texting, so let's calm the fuck down, motherfucker, got time for this shit, um, yeah, 
So after all of that, I decided to basically um, check into the hotel and just lay there because I was tired and I had driven and slept in the car. So I rest. I you know stretched my legs and and just basically uh, rested for the majority of watch well, for the rest of the night. Now laying there. Um, Actually, at the uh, hotel, um, I was given one of the front rooms on the first floor, which was kind of nice, because that way I didn't have to walk that much, and uh, I was only there for one night anyways. So, um, I was checking out the website for the race, and, you know, looking at the course, and checking everything out, and seeing what was what, and I noticed that, I don't know how I missed it beforehand, the race had a early start, a 6 a.m. Um, option for marathon walkers, it said. I'm like, huh, well, that's interesting. That's perfect. I can start at 6, finish, you know, 4 or 5 hours, and it will save me um, time so I can uh, drive it, uh, drive back. Because I was going to drive straight back from, uh, from the race. I was actually going to drive back uh, the 13 hours home for me because obviously I had to work the next uh, Monday so I can't just uh, miss work I don't like missing work obviously so I was going to drive straight through and this would have given me it's a 13 hour drive if I drive straight so I basically if I finished around 11 13 hours I would have been home by midnight which would have been perfect well, well, I kept reading, and it said that, oh, um, obviously people who start early are not eligible for awards, yada, yada, yada. They always say that. But it did say that you had to you had to finish in five and a half hours. That's why, that's what, that's why that option's there. If you finished in under five and a half, you'd be disqualified. And I'm like, uh, well, that sucks. I guess I could just walk some of it and purposely finish five and a half hours. I would still finish, you know, around 11.30 and that would buy me a decent hour or two of, uh, you know, as opposed to finishing at the normal time because the race normally would starts at 7.45. Uh, let's say I finish around five, five and a half. I'm looking at noon, 12.45, one o'clock once I get ready plus 13, you know, two in the morning. So I would it would have saved me one or two hours, regardless. But that meant I had to go to bed early and I was feeling kind of tired. So I said, well, you know, why not? But I, I already got my packet. So I had to email the guys and the race director just to make sure, hey, can I just show up at six and do the early start? Yeah, as long as you finish at five and a half, that's fine. Okay, great. But then as I like that, well, I, I showered, I got my, my stuff ready. Uh, to go for the race for the next morning and I laid in bed I was about to go to bed but then I noticed one of my favorite movies was on TV because they actually had HBO and Showtime on the on the TV Mr. Brooks oh talk about a movie that is awesome and does not ruin the ending Mr. Brooks and I don't think I've ever seen the non-censored version so I'm like mm, it's only an hour and a half I know that oh let me watch it let me watch it so from 8 to 10, I basically watched it. I could not fall asleep right away. So at 10, I finally went to bed. 
Woke up at four. So mind you, six hours. But I still, like, I, my alarm went off at four to start getting ready and go for the 6 a.m. early start. And I was still tired. And I'm like, mm. And it's like, no. And then I started thinking about it a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? I can't guarantee I can finish at five and a half. What if I don't? I don't want to get disqualified. Then I looked at the weather and it was like 30 degrees outside. I'm like, fuck that. No. No, 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 no. This early start is not worth it. And then I realized also, what if the water stations were not manned? So they would, at 7.45 is a normal start. An hour and 45 minutes without water stations. And I did take my running belt, but I'm not carrying my fucking running belt. No, no, no. Fuck this shit. So I said, you know what? I'll get two more hours of sleep. Actually, I got a little bit more because I think I woke up at like 6.30. Made it there with plenty of time. Got ready real quick. Left at 7. Got there by 7.20. Parked. Free parking. Walked right up to the start. And we were off. Finished in five hours, seven minutes. And that's only because I stopped to pee once. And I stopped to take pictures. Because some of the sites were beautiful It was Maine and it was beautiful weather 60 degrees and sunny Nice I got to see Portland from both sides of, of You know, the bay So it, it, it looks nicer than I thought Still not, no, no major buildings But anyways So I, I took pictures um, Around mile, I believe Six or five I, Now I was running with my I actually forgot my Under Armour short sleeve compression shirt. So I had to wear two shirts. So I decided to wear my normal blue Destroy Excuses shirt. And then I wore my Akron uh, running top that I just got the week before. Uh, the cool swag from that marathon. And, you know, because it was kind of chilly. It was 39 degrees when the race started. Supposed to get out to 64, so in case there was some wind, I was covered uh, and ran ran in shorts. Well, around mile five, because I was wearing the Akron hoodie, some girl randomly uh, stopped me, uh, and, well, you know, stopped me from listening to my music and chit chatted me for a good while. It's like, hey, you're from Ohio? Did you do Akron? I'm like, yeah, I'm from Columbus. Like, oh, me too, blah, blah, blah. A small world And she's also a maniac I'm a maniac Blah 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 And we talked actually from mile 5 All the way through I want to say mile 11 A good 6 miles of chit chat She was asking me all these questions I was telling her about my goals and all that um, She actually looked decently pretty um, Ironically she didn't tell me her name uh, but uh, she did tell me she was married And then I was like Oh, you're married, great Alright, cool And she runs slower than I do uh, She was like, yeah, I always meet these crazy people That do a lot more People think I'm crazy But then I meet people like you And I'm like, yeah, don't say that Like I say, I'm the same way um, To everybody else, I'm like a machine Like I just run marathons left and right And I'm insane for doing You know, uh Maine was my, my 60, 64th marathon, lifelong marathon. But, I mean, I've met people who do, who've done 250. Uh, she actually has met the guy that I was talking about at a previous podcast uh, that 
uh, he was mentioned by name that he's in the thousands and he's in the 70s. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's averaging like 50 a year. What the fuck? So, yeah, I'm like, oh shit, no, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't met him, but I just know him by name. She went to Michigan, so even though she was chit chatting, I'm like, yeah, you would have gone to Lemon anyways. Oh well. Uh, tell me about her races and I'm all 11 she's like well I'm gonna do my thing and she slowed down and started semi walking I'm like okay alright cool I don't walk so have you ever DNF'd a race I'm like well the Ironman but not an actual marathon and that's the thing I've never DNF'd a marathon I've never not finished within the time limit and I've never walked the majority of the race it drives me nuts that people walk and run, walk and run, walk and run, and alternate it. You're basically walking half of it. Or you're like Ben, who thinks he can't do it and then ends up walking the second half of the race. Those people drive me nuts. And a lot of maniacs do that. And that pisses me off. It's borderline. How is that not considered cheating? That's what I want to know. I've mentioned this before. And I bring it up because her and I were talking about it and I'm also bringing it up because uh, I'm going to transition on to another running subject here in a second so um did the race you know the turnaround it was not a actual turnaround you have to go around a circle like around 13 14 15 and come back finished it was an out of back basically and uh yeah then decided to drive back um straight back and on the way back, you know, also um, stopping in PA again, you know, stopped at the rest area. Uh, I actually showered here and there at the rest areas. So I was stopping at the, to use the bathroom or when I was getting gas to wash up because I decided, you know, 13 straight hours, it's insane. I was just going to, I'm just going to stay at a rest area that's not too in, in Pennsylvania, but a little outside of Ohio, and then sleep, and then just finish the drive in the morning and go straight to work. And then, that'd be it. Um, but, I don't know if I mentioned this before, crossing Pennsylvania drives me nuts. It's the second worst drive experience when it comes to crossing a state that I've done. Second only to Georgia, because Georgia is like seven hours from the top of 75 all the way down and you have to go through Atlanta and Atlanta it doesn't matter if you go through downtown or around the outer belt there's always traffic in fucking Atlanta so it'll take longer than seven hours and if you do it by yourself it's it's a pain in the butt that one's the worst um but Pennsylvania I mean second worst it's five hours um Depends on where you heading east. You can take various options. Do the 80, 81 to 84, or just 80 across the 287. It, I mean, that one's free through the mountains, but it's free. there's no turnpike fee. If you take the turnpike, it's at least 30 bucks round trip. A little bit faster. It's flatter. There's actually tunnels. Um, well, not flatter, but you know, relatively speaking. And um, better rest areas. And then, you know, if you're going to Philly, I would go that way. Or, you know, D.C. if you don't want to take 68. But if going to New York City or up, 
you got your options. I usually take 80. Queenie agrees. But anyways. Um, now, I will say this. I played, and I want to give a shout-out to Bigfooty because he's the one that got me hooked on this uh, every time I travel. The state game where you basically you have this app on the phone and you can you, you count the different state license plates that you get. Um, footy used to always play it when we traveled, like for games for for Australian football, and he would do once there and once on the way back. Which obviously, if you're if there's multiple people in the car, it's a lot easier to do it that way because you got four sets of eyes or three or however many looking at all the plates on the way there. Plus, most of the games were during the day. When I travel to my races, most of the time, at least one of the legs of my drive is at night. And most of the time, I'm by myself. So I can't really see or pay attention. So I, I, I do it the entire trip. So from Columbus to, to Maine and back, how many different plates I saw. Well, I got up to almost the 40s, but what struck me impressive was I saw a Hawaii plate and an Alaska plate, both in Maine. The Hawaii plate definitely shocked the shit out of me because I had seen an Alaska plate in Ohio. And Alaska, okay, while that is very impressive in its own right... Alaska's connected to the U.S., so you could technically drive your car from Alaska all the way to Ohio or Maine if you really wanted to. Hawaii, though, I'm like, how the fuck? I took a picture of it, and I sent it to footy. I'm like, how the fuck did this get here? Well, maybe uh, they shipped it. I'm like, okay, you know how much money that would cost? Yeah, some rich mofo just decided, hey, let me ship my... My, my car, I'm moving to Maine. First off, you live in Hawaii and you move to Maine? What is wrong with you? Alaska, Maine, I can see it. They're basically the same. But who has the money to ship their car? I mean, most of the Hawaii plates I've seen that are in the continental U.S. are on the West Coast. California, Oregon. Makes sense. Okay? Let's say you're, you're a student that you're studying in California and you wanna, you're only there for like a year or two during the grad school and you, you don't want to register your, your new plate. So you get a car, but you keep your Hawaii plate. I, I could get that. Or, or, you know, maybe your family has a lot of sh- money and you ship it. But who goes all the way to Maine? There's no way to drive from Hawaii to Maine. Why would a rich mofo just move to Maine? Well, and then it hit me. Okay, well, maybe... Maybe he is in the military and got stationed in Maine. And he's only there for a couple years or a year and wanted to keep his Hawaii plate. And, of course, if he's in the military, the government pays to ship the car. Maybe that's also how the Alaska guy had his had his car, too. Um, one doesn't know. And so... When I saw the Hawaii plate, we were actually on Route 1. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him. I'm going to flag him down. TV lives here. And, yeah. Um, he wouldn't roll out in his window. And I was honking at him and making noises. And 
a little bit embarrassing. <clears throat> Anywho, uh, but yeah, I saw Hawaii and Alaska. Technically, if I had more time, I could have done all 50. Somehow, some way, I don't know, maybe. Maybe if I was paying attention to some more semis, I could have gone there. But yeah, I got some, I got some, in, in Maine, I got some interesting ones that I didn't think would be up there, like Nebraska, Colorado, Oklahoma was semi. Uh, yeah, impressive. I would say my most impressive game of state plates yet. Um, now, that was basically my trip. But, as I said, I was going to transition into a different topic that I wanted to address. I know we've gone over the 30 minutes, but I needed to address this because it's been pissing me off that this has gone for a while. So, the reason I brought that up about the about the the walkers in my club. So, somehow some way, my club decided to ask me to step down as the Columbus ambassador. It hadn't even been a year yet, but they asked me to step down because supposedly there's been some well-known members of the Marathon Maniacs who have questioned some of my results for uh, of some of my races. I'm like, okay, uh, that's kind of news to me. Uh, which races are we in question? Are we questioning? Um, well, my Alabama race, which, okay, that one, I told them, I'm like, okay, that was kind of an embarrassing scenario. They never gave me pins, so my bib was actually tucked in and did not register time. I complained to the race director. I asked him if it will actually you know, put up my time on the website. He assured me he would. When I checked, it wasn't there. And I emailed him again, never got a response. So just decided, well, you know, I'm just going to put up what I thought my time was for the race. And then, um, oh, they somehow found out, I don't know who would have told them because I've only mentioned this to a few people uh, only of which I think one or two club related that I ran Chicago the first time as you all know under somebody else's name because a friend of a friend broke their ankle and basically sold me his bib which I still don't get what the hoopla is about that because nobody fucking cares I don't know why the running community thinks that's a, a big deal, but walking or cutting courses is not. When I'm not using any extra resources the race had, I literally ran it instead of him. I was technically his proxy. Do I mean, basically, are you telling me you've never had a coworker cover for you or use a proxy at a meeting? I find that very hard to believe because if you have, then you're being hypocritical and basically that's the same thing. I paid the fee that he paid and ran 
on his behalf, which is why I'm redoing Chicago this time around, because guess what? It came back, and I wasn't technically under my name, so I have to redo that major to get the official medal. So, so what? Oh, and then, oh, we have a race director that uh, swears you cut the course. Well, which course? Well, the Montana race. Uh, are you kidding me? And I went back and I, because the dude in question, his name Sam, had emailed us, me and a few others, about, hey, uh, the volunteer that was at the turnaround doesn't have your number registered having done the turnaround. Did you do the turnaround? And it took me forever to see the email because it went straight to my junk for some reason. I responded. I said, yes, I did the turnaround because uh, I was by myself. And when I was getting there, somebody was coming back. And I said, hey, where's the turnaround? I said, oh, it's up there by the cars and the gate. Okay. So when I got there, nobody was there. And I did the turnaround. And then that was it. I, I, ironically, I was the only one that replied to his email because he had not gotten a response yet. And so we went back and forth, and he goes, "Well, uh, I'm pretty sure you didn't do the turnaround." And I'm like, um, "Okay, I don't see how you weren't there. You were at the finish line. You saw me finish. You gave me my medal and hugged me." And then we waited for a few other people And then we all took the bus back If I had cut the course Or not done the turnaround Why didn't you say anything before Did I accidentally turn around the wrong spot Like there was nobody there Well um, It was brought to my attention by other people Um, Who? Because When I got to the turnaround Nobody was there with me I wasn't running with anyone And the only person I saw was the person I crossed Before I got to the turnaround And asked them where it was at And I knew it was up there by mile 19 So Why are we arguing this? You have a race That was the toughest race I've ever done My race time was over 5 hours So what possible motive do I have to Not do the turnaround? On top of that, your bib doesn't have a chip. You were writing down times in pencil when people were finishing. At the halfway point, nobody was there either. So you were using random Chinese people. I don't know where they came from. In the middle of nowhere, Montana, on dirt roads, up in the mountains, to keep track of runners. Um, They're Asians. Their eyes are half shut. How the fuck are they supposed to see anything? And like I said, when I got there, nobody was there. Even though there were two cars there. And how does the volunteer miss not just me, but other people? Because you emailed a few of us. Well, he ended up... Um, he's like, well, I want you to answer these questions and so I know you did the turnaround. So I answered some of the questions. He goes, how many cars were there? I'm like, uh, I believe one or two. Where, what else was there? Uh, a gate and some kind of weird sign about a mountain. 
uh, there was like a stone fence and uh, it was a volunteer male or female um, like I told you nobody was there when I got there when I turn around I'm not going to look back and see if anybody showed up one I was running out of food so then the altitude was hitting me so I was kind of like delusional the entire second half of the race and I have pictures of doing the turnaround would you like to see them he never said anything about me sending him his pictures okay um now mind you next time and now going ever since that race I've been taking pictures of every important mile marker when I do races now because that kind of bullshit drives me nuts and especially races that are smaller where there's no chip or no timing mats. Oh, yeah, you best believe that now, since I run my phone, I am snapping everything. So that I know, oh, yeah, no, here, here's the evidence. Would you like to see the pictures? No? What the fuck? So, so apparently, he notified the maniacs. And so that was the other thing that they were like, yeah, we have a race director that swears you didn't do the, the the turnaround in Montana and he's 100% sure. I'm like, um, I don't see how he's 100% sure he wasn't there. And nobody was around me. I've ran maybe five races tops with my Marathon Maniac shirt. So, and none of those five were in question. So, who are these people who are supposedly questioning my results and who are these people supposedly that race director says brought this to my to his attention after the fact because we all were on the same bus so everybody who finished was on the same bus with the race director nobody was talking to him so i wasn't wearing a marathon maniac shirt so how did people even know I was a maniac, number one? And how did they know, oh, oh, he, he didn't finish the right way? What? This makes no sense whatsoever. And so, well, after, that was, that race was in July. So basically, at this moment in time, I'm getting the email from uh, the founder. So Marathon Maniacs 1, 2, and 3, because we go by order of numbers it's like well we would like you to step down at, we thought we thought long and hard about it and we can't have you be an ambassador we would, like, we would like you to step down as the Columbus ambassador uh, and I responded no uh, that is not happening because A I didn't do anything wrong you literally said you, the club is not in the business of investigating so at this point this is all hearsay I don't know who is presenting these complaints. I'm pretty sure they're not founded and or backed up by any sort of evidence. Especially those three. That's ridiculous. Oh, three things. Whatever. Um, when I started running, I didn't know any better. I was a naive runner. I, that was my first marathon in Chicago. So I've never ghosted a marathon. I... But if, even if I did, I don't see how that's an issue. Um, I've never cut the course. And I've never walked the majority of the race. 
So, and, and thanks to me, the Facebook group of the Columbus Ambassador actually has decent members. And I've shown up on a few banners around races around the country. So, I, I don't know what you want from me. I'm a paid member, so what the fuck? Well, we just can't have you in a, in a leadership role. Like, it's not a fucking leadership role, motherfucker. You want me to recruit more people in my, around my area, yet Columbus doesn't have anybody who really, really wants to be that crazy about marathons, yet I'm doing what I can. So, you send me the banner. You haven't sent me my jacket at this point, which everybody else supposedly already got. So, I don't know what the deal is about that. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not stepping down to the ambassador. So the assholes, after I told them no, decided to remove me from the Facebook Columbus Ambassador group. Well, from the Columbus face from the Marathon Maniacs Columbus Facebook page. I'm like, motherfuckers. And then uh, from the website, so they basically said, well, you're not the ambassador. They forced me to not be the ambassador. Well, it, it's not listed. I'm not listed under the Columbus ambassador. And then the problem is they elected another ambassador, which happened to be Miss Sandy, who, if you remember one of my old podcasts, she was the one that I ran into when I did Kenton, the great, uh, the Hall of Fame marathon. And she was kind of, I kind of got the feeling back then that she was jealous of the fact that I was the ambassador. Um, even though she thought that she had better credentials. Aside from having already completed the 50 states, no, you don't. And she always would put up stuff on the Columbus Facebook page, kind of like, uh, well, I think she went on there and said, oh, does, do we, does Columbus have an ambassador? I'm like, yeah, me. And that's, that was before Canton. And I met her in Canton, and she was kind of, eh. And then I was like, oh, are you doing a 5K? I'm doing a 5K. Uh-huh. She's all about her stupid 5Ks. I'm like, okay. Um, this is Marathon Maniacs. I've yet to see you promote an actual page or, you know, go to a marathon where the banner's there and be on the banner picture. I've met the Cincinnati ambassador. I've met the Oklahoma city ambassador. Uh, we're good friends now. And yeah, um, everybody basically knows me as the, as the Columbus ambassador. So I don't see what the issue is. Now, apparently we have two ambassadors because I never resigned and they elected another one. So, and then here's the thing, everybody that I added to the Columbus page, I'm like, um, go ahead and leave. So now they've lost members. And I'm not going to lie, when I actually signed up for that, I said, you know what, this is good perks to get, because they were giving you 50% off uh, apparel. But then, most of the apparel is, is, eh, it's not really stuff I would wear. I'm not a big fan of the fluorescent yellow and black. So... I never used my code, and you have to update the code every so often. I'm like... Jesus Christ. Alright, well, whenever I want to get stuff, I'll ask for the, for a new code. Oh, but now, apparently, I've been besmirched, and there's two Columbus ambassadors. 
And I wonder if she's the one that was questioning my results, a well-known member. Uh, because here's the thing, everybody has access to my to the results you put up. So I wonder if she was questioning some of my results. And brought it to, you know, the higher-ups, to their attention. Because it was very... The moment they asked me to step down and I said no, within not even a week, she was named the Columbus Ambassador. I'm like, uh... I find them very quickly. And they found the replacement very quickly, I, I, I think. And on top of that, um, she already was a little envious. And then the bitch had the audacity to wish me happy birthday on my Facebook page. Which, either A, she's got some balls, or B, maybe it wasn't her. But then again, the maniacs I'm friends with know me and we've ran together and uh, and I have ran together and they have and I have ran together uh Randy the Oklahoma City ambassador loves me I mean who would have looked at my results and be like oh no no yeah no some something shady there plus again no motive on the ones question in question so yeah Ridiculous. I, I, I just went to Maine and I was promoting the maniacs and I, the girl I ran into, I'm like, hey, I'm the Columbus ambassador. Because guess what, Sandy, I go to more races than you do. Sorry. The only thing you can't do is look me up on the page, but everybody that befriends me. It's on my Facebook as like one of my job titles. So, yeah, I'm not taking that shit down. I didn't resign. I'll be the people's ambassador. Kind of like the the Rock was the people's champion when he was a champion. Um, yeah, no, that pisses me off. It's kind of it's kind of not cool. And that after you know, I've seen people ghost races, and even Sandy. I'm pretty sure at Canton. She signed up for the full, found out she wasn't going to be able to finish in time, and dropped to the half, and then got a half medal. That, to me, is more bullshit and stealing that should not be allowed. You didn't pay for the half. You paid for the full. You don't just magically get to drop to the half and get a medal and steal that from somebody who actually signed up to do the half. Just because you suck at running. And she's another one that alternates walking and running, too, on top of that. So, how is that not cheating? I I actually saw in Maine some maniacs that were running and walking. And 90% of the time, they finished after me. Supposedly, Jeff Galloway, a famous runner, does that. And I saw him in Alaska, and I asked him about it. He goes, well, yeah, if you want to conserve energy. I'm like, I get that. Okay. But then, he was supposed to do the ultra of the Alaska race I did and if you were walking and running the whole time and we started at the same time how come I never saw you so either you didn't actually do the race with your wife as you said or you were incognito cutting the course I don't fucking know yeah kind of fishy there I actually once in Kentucky in a, in a one loop, one mile loop course uh, that was Owensburg, uh, Kentucky a race that doesn't have race results. 
Um, I actually saw a maniac who was running with his girlfriend, wife, whatever have you, go up to the one end of the turnaround and even get there and just turn around. I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, oh, well, we don't condone cheating. How are people supposed to report cheating? I don't know who the fuck that is. If, if I even, let's say I took a picture of him and send that to them. I'm like, how are you going to find out who that is? Based on, I would have to literally catch his bib number or actually be running with my phone because some people don't to catch that. That's what, that's what throws me nuts. Hearsay is enough for them to want me to not be an ambassador based on three nonsensical things. But yet, this kind of shit happens. And everything else, oh, uh, ghosting is not okay. Uh, cutting the course is not okay. Oh, but walking is and dropping down to other races. And here's the thing. Like, if I think about it now, like, I, I love being a maniac, but I don't agree with half the shit they do. Like, being a half fanatic just to be a double agent. Motherfuckers, I run halves every time I do a full. So I'm a double agent already. I'm not going to pay extra to be a, to be a double agent. And then the whole... They're pissing me off with the whole signature race series to get, like, extra medals. Uh, the ones for next year. One's a Tobacco Road Marathon and the other one's Fargo. Both races I literally just did this year. I'm not going back there, driving seven hours out of my way just for an extra medal. And then, oh, the medals connect like a puzzle. Great. I'm already titanium. I'm already 270th member to reach titanium. That's the highest level. I have my jacket. That's all I need. If you don't want me to promote as an ambassador, guess what? Sandy can promote on my behalf. I still go to my races as the ambassador. Oh, there's two ambassadors. Yeah, I would like to see how you explain that one. But yeah, um, I just want to get it out of my chest because oh, it pisses me off. But here's the thing. Uh, the girl that was talking to me at Maine, like we were exchanging stories and I and she asked me, well, did you DNF? And I'm like, has anything crazy ever happened to you in a race? I'm like, yeah. Uh, I told her about the Alabama thing. I told her how I almost missed the beginning of the Philadelphia Marathon. That was before I was a maniac. Um, I told her how, oh, the North Carolina race I did for char- that was for charity, five bucks. Um, the bib didn't have a chip. And then, oh, no, what was it? Oh, no, 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 no. It had some bullshit chip that was basically half-assed stuck to the back of the bib. And then wasn't working. It's like, oh yeah, half the bibs don't work. Um, okay, so then some random dude was taking numbers. And I'm like, yeah, this seems kind of fishy. I'll no web and then no website with results. So that's why I had to do the Tobacco Road Marathon this year to redo North Carolina. Um let's see. Oh, when I won my age group in uh, Wisconsin by pure happenstance, told her about that. Uh, PRing in Vermont uh, on the downhill course after playing Australian football against Boston and getting our asses kicked. Yeah, like like shit has happened to me. I've I've never ghosted a marathon. 
Uh, I, I told her about the Ben challenge, of course, and uh, yeah, no, I've never missed a cutoff. I've, I've told her I've actually been the last person to get a medal, but that doesn't mean I finished last. I've never finished last because anybody who DNFs or doesn't meet the cutoff time, but yet still finishes on their own accord, yeah, they finish after me. And some races give a medal, some don't, and that pisses me off. And that, again, another thing that should not be allowed. Same thing with the half marathon shit. Nonsense. Um, I told her, I, I, I mentioned to her, hey, uh, once my goals are accomplished, if I haven't caught the ultra bug and decided not to do Barkley or I haven't decided to do Barkley, I'm just going to retire because I don't see, see the problem I have with ultras. Oh, she was telling me she's really into trail running. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of trails. And then most ultras are on trails. And then you get a buckle instead of a medal. Like, to me, an ultra is more important than a marathon. And it's harder. So why get, like, a belt buckle? Like, that's just... What am I supposed to do, those? Put them on my belt? Like, clip it? Or, like, make a, make a mural? Like, and they're smaller. I'm like, I have medals that are, like... The size of three 100-miler buckles. Steve Walters from the club. Oh, his nickname is Marathon Freak. That fucker runs so many ultras now. Um, he just He's doing Boston one last time. He's like, yeah, it's my last time I qualified for Boston because I'm focusing on ultras. I'm like, Jesus Lord, dude. Chillax. I want to do 150-miler, 100-miler, and that's about it. Uh, after that, the, oh, the continents... That's going to take years, but I, once that's done and 50 states are done, I'm already titanium. I'm already getting my uh, six-star medal for doing the majors. I mean, maybe Boston qualify as I get older because it'll be easier. I don't fucking know. But aside from that, yeah, hang it up if I haven't caught the ultra bug. But never say never, as uh, Vince McMahon would always say. Uh, I think that applies to running just as much as WWE. Oh, uh, just to add a little, another fun fact. Um, even though I had her signed up to get free notifications for the main marathon, once again, Ashley never said anything about me finishing or good job. Queenie did. It's the second time she has neglected that. Uh, in Alaska, she was supposed to get free messages and didn't say anything either. Supposedly, her phone broke. Whatever. And I may have pissed her off recently because listening to the front desk girls at work, they're like, well, you need to have conversations with these two because, uh, well, you know, both paths, you know, Ashley and Queenie. You pick one. I'm like... You know what? I'm not going to have conversations, okay? And Ashley never fucking answers the phone. So I tried having the conversation with her. Called her a bunch of times. She never answered. And the one time she didn't answer, she didn't answer. She called me back and I was at work and we were about to have to talk. And then she's like, oh, I can hear you're your on hold. Oh, I'll just call you uh, when I come home from seeing my mom. I'm like, never called me back. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So what I wanted to do... Since she's told me I, she loves me, she wished me happy three years, which I don't fucking know 
I didn't know we were doing that. I didn't know we were saying I love you. And caused me babel the fucking time. I said, you know what? Here's how I'm getting her attention. So I put it on Facebook that her and I were in a relationship. It took her 40 minutes to put the kibosh on that. Uh, is that how you get my attention? Uh, kinda, yeah. Well, I don't advertise my stuff on Facebook. Uh, so even if we were, even, you know, even if that's the case, I, I do not. Okay. So is that all we're going to say about this? Like, what? How, we, how do we feel about this? Well, I think we're skipping like 12 steps. No fucking shit. You're the one that says, I love you. You're the one that calls me babe every 10 seconds. Well, I mean, you need to meet Dex. I've done, I mean, that's happened. Um, and my parents. Um, okay. You always tell us that we're going to do stuff. We make plans. Yet you never follow through with them because bullshit excuses happen all the time. The reason that's not happened is because you always stop it from happening. I literally could put my marathons on hold or work around my schedule to hang out with you and see you. But you don't tell me. And when we do schedule stuff, you don't show up. I literally have sent you my marathon schedule you didn't say anything about it. Well, at this point, I think we're just seeing each other for now. I'm like, okay. It's been three fucking years. Mind you, she doesn't know I dated Helen in between. But that's not the point. Or Lobis Boston. But that's still not the point. It's been three fucking years that I've known you. And we're just now at the point of seeing each other. I've seen you maybe ten times tops this year. Um... I would like this to go faster because by the time I'm 40, um, what are we going to be on our 10th date or officially in a relationship by then? I'm not doing this in sets of three years. No. And then she didn't respond to anything that I'm like, uh, say something. I haven't heard from her since. And that was a few a few days ago. Well, lovely, jovely. So, yeah. I'm not going to talk to her until she calls because I'm, I swear, if she does the same bullshit every time that she does where she goes to Cognito for weeks and then once Christmas starts coming along, oh, now she wants to hang out and talk again. Just like last year when she came back after me and Helen broke up and I was technically still seeing Little Miss Boston. Yeah, no. I told her, we've had this discussion, I'm like, you need to fucking change. And she promised she would last, last fall slash winter. Here we are, same bullshit, different year. And the last time I acted, last time we actually hung out, we went and got sushi, I told her, I'm like, He's not that... He's just not that into you. That movie. The whole thing about the guy... Making the effort to see the girl if he really likes her. Yeah, that works both ways. You don't make an effort. I see you on Facebook all the fucking time. Yet... You need a phone to have Facebook. Or to check it. 
I see you online there all the time putting, oh, I don't put my stuff on Facebook, but you always put, oh, interested in this event, going to this event. And you hang out with other people. You went trick-or-treating with some other person, some other girl, and she put it on Facebook, but yet you can't make plans with me because you have sicknesses and a shitty immune system. Yeah, we live about an hour away. Hey, when I go to Chicago, I kind of want to ask you if I can see you. But at this point, it'd be kind of desperate for me because, yeah. And I know if I ask you, you say, well, you should have given me more advance notice. You have my marathon schedule. And on top of that, you never respond. I literally said, say something, and you didn't say shit. I would have asked you, hey. Maybe I can see you before I get to Chicago, but no. I would ask you to come with too, but no, that's not going to happen either. And as previously mentioned, I did the whole who's going to message me first to see what Destiny thought about it. And the universe said Queenie. So, in the words of a co-worker that I like to call Shaq. Why wait to waste your time when you don't know if while you're wasting your time, you're missing out on something better? Not like that's true. Because the last time I picked Helen over her, Ashley, and I wasted two years of my time but kept her on the back burner. And here we are, still sort of wasting my time with her. She doesn't know that I dated Helen for two years. But I wasn't expecting her to come back either into my life because, she, she like, I, like I mentioned, she kind of went incognito because supposedly she was in a serious relationship with some random schmo that she conveniently doesn't remember telling me. Well, um... Another co-worker said, oh, if somebody comes back in your life, it, it's meant to be. I'm like, okay, let's let's not be foo-foo. Let's get the fuck out of here. No. No, no, no. But hey. That's... Uh, we'll see how things develop. The key important thing is... And we'll bring this back to... Maine... And all this, you know, happened within that weekend of Maine. So that's why we had to cover these topics. You know. But, finally, we're getting to the home stretch. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, not seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Not 21, not 22, not 23, 24, 25, not 26, not 27, not 28, 29, 30, not 31, 32, not 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, not 38, but 30 fucking nine states have been done. And finally, everything east of the Mississippi River is finally checked. Checked. 
If we look at the map, we actually have a nice little corridor heading west. We're down to Iowa, Nebraska, Wyoming, Idaho, New Mexico, Arizona, Washington, Oregon, California, and Hawaii. The final 11. After Chicago, Des Moines, Iowa is up next. Another one. That one actually has caused me many issues. I've, I, mm, I tried doing it twice and twice could not. Once what's the weather's fault and once what Hel- was Helen's fault. But now we got to do that one. And then we'll be 10. And we'll join the 50 States Club. Give them the fee and the, the application. And work our way to next July when Oregon will be the last one. I actually decided that um, it'd be nice because I've seen a lot of people. There's a charity uh, group called uh, Red, Wine and, uh, uh, Red White. Red White. RWB. Red White. Yeah, Red White. Team Red, White, and Blue. Yeah. Um, they do charity events for veterans and military. Uh, races and raise money for for that. Um, and you usually see them running with the team RWB shirts and most of them running with the U.S. flag. Vol Glory. Perched up. I don't have a Mexican flag, so I've decided, you know, because I'm going to be the first Mexican to finish all 50 states... I decided, you know what, maybe once you get to 10, maybe it'd be good to do that with the Mexican flag. Be like them, decked in green, uh, red, white, and green, Mexico colors, Super Mex, my running nickname, and run with, you know, the Mexican flag. Might do that. But anyways, that is all we have. For today's podcast, I hope you enjoyed the telling of uh, the main event, uh, State 39, and everything that it entailed. It actually got us to talk about other topics, uh, the Marathon Maniacs thing of, of being but not being an ambassador, uh, the whole why people think I'm joking when I'm not, uh, and uh, a little bit about Ashley and Queenie because, well, one said something about me finishing, the other one didn't, and uh, future plans when it comes to running, but as always, we're on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes, Mexi Matters, at Super Asshole Mex on Twitter, Alex Akeda Mexican on Facebook, Snapchat and YouTube, Super Mex, send us your questions and concerns and remarks, as always, where there's a Mexican, there is a way, see you next time guys, from the Windy City. Hopefully. We might have a podcast before that, but that is the next running event. Redesign, rebuild, reaffirm. Marathon, major uh, major marathon number seven. The repeat of Chicago, which would be my first running event. My first marathon that I actually repeat outside of the state of Ohio. 
fun fact for you. But yeah, um, we might do some uh, a podcast before that and uh, save that one for a later date. But hey, that's the next race. It will be a fun time. See you next time. Like I said, where there is a Mexican, there is always a way.